What are you looking forward to in summer? Maybe there's a trip you're taking or some special activities you like to do. Maybe it's just the nice weather of summer. But sometimes people are looking forward to just getting some rest after a busy year or maybe some things that have just been really troubling for you. It's sometimes nice just to get some time off, to get a little break, so to speak, from everything that's been going on. Well, you know, this summer, I said last week, uh, we were going to be spending it in the Psalms here in church. That is, we're going to be looking at the various topics and seasons of life that we go through and, and see what message we have from the Psalms for us. The Psalms, as I taught you last week, are, are prayers or songs of adoration to God or lament, where we pour out our soul and our need to him, all set to music. Well, today, we're going to focus on a psalm that reminds us it's time for rest. It's Psalm 91. The first two verses remind us of that rest we desire. The psalmist said, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Now, if I were to ask you what kind of things might you be looking to get some relief from, what, what things are you looking to have a rest from, you might come up with an interesting list. You know, there might be just, I just need to get away from work for a while. All the, the projects and the hassles and the responsibilities. Kids probably feel that way too. Oh, to be done with school and all that homework and all those tests, just looking for a break. And then, of course, we just might be tired of the rat race, that daily grind that we go through, and just want a little bit of relief from that, some rest. Well, while it's true that we like that rest from all those different hassles of life, there's also a rest that we need that goes even deeper, a rest that goes into our soul. That psalm today is going to give us that kind of rest. As I read the next parts of that psalm, I want you to come up with a list of things that the psalmist was saying we need some rest from. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the Most High your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. 
For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Did you see a list of topics there that he was saying we need some rest from? I said before that the Psalms often were like a prayer. And this one is reminding us to pray. That is, it gives us a plea to go to the Lord for the rest and the relief that we need from the experiences, those hardships of life. As I studied this Psalm, I saw that there were three categories or three things that he said that we go through and, and desire some rest or relief from. And the first one was from the evil that's around us. He used words like pestilence and plague, striking one's foot against a stone, harm, disaster. In other words, a lot of troubling and difficult things. Now sometimes when we use the word evil, we like that to describe bad things in the, ter in the, in the terms of like crime or hatred or or violence, things like that. And that's certainly evil. But the Bible also uses the word evil to speak of other tough things that happen to us, like diseases and difficulties. Martin Luther, when he was writing his small catechism and was explaining what it means that we pray, deliver us from evil, gave us a list of such things like that. What he was pointing out is, in this life, we have troubles. And that's because this world, this creation, has been ruined by sin. And since we all live in this world, and since we all commit sins, we will all experience the troubles of this life. Nobody is immune from them. Now, I'm sure if I were to ask you, could you come up with a list of things that trouble you? I'm sure you would have no difficulty making a list. Whether it was things in the past or things you're going through now, everybody goes through some troubles. And those troubles have, have a way of just kind of weighing us down. They, they bother us. They, they make life unpleasant. They cause us to worry. They wear us out. And beyond that, they also take away from us sometimes the joy of our faith. And in fact, can even attack our faith. Is it any wonder then that the psalmist is saying... We need to make our plea to God for him to provide relief from this evil. Now he went on and described a second thing. He talked about the fear uh, of the terror of night and the arrow that flies by day. He spoke of thousands falling all around us and that we would see the punishment of the wicked. What I think he's referring to there is the fact that there are enemies in life 
that attack us. He also spoke about a fowler's snare. That is somebody who's going after the fowl, the birds, and setting traps for them. Now, of course, he's not just describing people trapping birds. He's talking about people who maybe are laying traps for us. Have you ever had that happen to you? Maybe there's, there's people at work or whatever, and they're kind of laying a trap for you, trying to set things up that you're going to take a fall. Maybe they're saying things behind your back. Maybe they're making life difficult for you. Maybe they're doing things so that they can advance and, and you get knocked down. Whatever it might be, we probably all experience that. Where sometimes it just feels like people are out to get us. So there are enemies that attack us. He also spoke about the lion and the cobra or the serpent. Now, I don't think he was necessarily meaning that there's going to be lions walking down the street and, and serpents, cobras in our backyard. But it was simply describing that there are dangers around us, enemies who want to get at us. It's interesting to note that the devil is called a lion who's prowling around trying to get us. And the devil is a serpent, crafty and tricky, trying to deceive us and attack us. So some of those enemies that are out to attack us are simply the sins, the temptations that are around us. They are like a fowler's snare, set up to trap us. Now how do we handle that? Oftentimes, you know, we get trapped and fall and attacked and wounded. And maybe we learn our lesson from that. And maybe we say, well, you know, next time I'm going to be a little bit smarter. I'm going to see to it that I don't do this or that. Or sometimes maybe we think, you know, if I just try a little bit harder, or yes, I know I fail in this in my life, but I do very good in these other things. And so we try to erase or cover up or, or balance out those bad things. But that just reminds us that our own efforts will also harm us because they fail. In our own efforts to try to please God, we fall short of what he expects. And that's what Jesus was referring to when he spoke those words in Matthew 11. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. You see, the people of Jesus' day were really harassed by their religious leaders. They were given such a list of things that they needed to do to prove that they could be right with God. And so they went through life with a lot of guilt and a lot of fear because they didn't know how they could be right with God. Well, Jesus' words were not only addressed to the people of his day, they're also addressed to us. Because sometimes we too think, I need to do something to make up for what I've done wrong. I need to do better to please God. But the truth is, there's nothing we can do. But God has provided rest in Jesus. So the evil that surrounds us, the enemies that attack us, and our own efforts that fail, those are the things from which we need some rest and relief. And we all experience those things. Those things, so to speak, can do a number on us. They can really drag us down and beat us up. But the good news is there's an answer for that plea 
for rest. Jesus said, come to me and I'll give you rest. And the psalmist at the end said, God says he will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. God is the answer for that rest that we need. You know, sometimes we think, well, you know, that's, this is just life. You've got to learn to be tough, to man up, and then just suffer through it. But God is saying, no, come to me and get the rest. So don't let these things bring you down. While it's very natural for us to experience these things, let's find the help, the relief, the rest that God offers us. You know, sometimes you've probably experienced this on your computers. You get a little pop-up message that says, risk alert, there's something who's, that's trying to get into your computer or they've detected that there is something on your computer. Now, maybe it's just an ad for you to buy some protective software or maybe there is something wrong. I don't know. I just exit out and ignore it and move on. But nonetheless, it's reminding us our computer's at risk from things that go at it. Well, we need that kind of risk alert message also in our life. That evil that's around us, the enemies that attack us, and our efforts that fail us, those are all alert signals that we need some relief. In schools and sometimes in workplaces, there's a little saying now to provide you some protection. It's called shelter in place, which means if there's some kind of violent act that seems imminent, they tell you, shelter where you are. Don't, don't run out to try to find some other safe place. Stay right where you are and shelter there for protection. And in a sense, that's what the psalmist is telling us too. Shelter in the place where you are, in the Lord. He said, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And so I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. As we look back at this psalm, we'll see that there is an answer for our plea. It comes from the promises of God. That's where we can find our rest and relief. And the very first one he gives us is his presence. He tells us to dwell in the shelter of the Most High. Now, that word shelter is kind of interesting because in the original Hebrew, it really meant the secret place. Those who dwell in the secret place of the Most High. Now, what was he talking about? What's the secret place? Bible scholars think that he was referring to an area of the temple that was referred to as the most holy place. If we use our church here as an example of the temple, it was the area that was behind the curtains, or for us, behind the rail, in which there was the Ark of the Covenant. That Ark of the Covenant was the symbol of God's presence among the people. 
The high priest could go into that most holy place, but only with the blood of the sacrifice that was made for their sins. And there they would find the mercy of God. You see, that's where he's telling us to go, to shelter in the mercy of God. And we find it not because we've come with the the blood from an animal sacrifice. That could never pay for our sins. But we find it in the blood of Jesus who shed his blood for us on an altar called a cross where all of our sins were washed away. That's where we find the mercy of God. That's where we can shelter to find that rest from all those troubles and things that fail us. He also referred to the shadow, that you would be in the shadow of the Almighty. Now, a little later on, he talks about how God will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. Sometimes in the Bible, the illustration of an eagle was used for God, and how God would carry us like on the wings of of an eagle. Here he's using God's wings as a symbol for his presence, And there we would be safe in the shadow of those wings. Now maybe the author was still thinking about the temple. And maybe he was thinking about the wings of those cherubim angels that were carved on top of the Ark of the Covenant. Or maybe he was thinking about the wings of the cherubim angels that were embroidered into that big curtain that separated people from the most holy place. Either way, what he's reminding us of is the presence of God and the angels that he sends to carry out his will for us. That's where we find rest. And he talked about the Lord being our refuge. A refuge is simply a place where you go to hide, a place where you go for safety, for protection. It said, say, the Lord is my refuge, and make the most high your dwelling, and then no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. And then one more thing, he called the Lord our fortress. You can picture a huge castle armed mightily for protection. That's what the Lord is like. In fact, later he'll say, it's his faithfulness that will be your shield and rampart. Now when he says a shield, he's not describing that little shield that Captain America has. You know, it looks like a garbage can cover. He he was describing a shield, a big body shield, behind which a a soldier could hide so that nothing would attack him. It was like full protection. And, of course, the rampart was like describing those walkways around the fortress where soldiers would be stationed all around. So what he's simply saying is the presence of the Lord is all around you in every aspect of your life. In your finances, your work, your schooling, your relationships, your health, you keep going with that list. The Lord is all around you to protect you. Dwell in him, and you will have the rest you need. Now he goes on and gives a second promise for us, and that is of his power. It calls him the Almighty. And God's power does go to work for us. He says, because he loves me, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He'll call on me. I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. You know, sometimes 
disease, sickness takes over us like a cold uh, because our immune system weakens. And sometimes terror or fear takes over because our courage isn't strong enough for situations we face. And sometimes even our efforts fail us so easily and so quickly because they aren't good enough to get us to God. That's why we need the Almighty. We see that demonstrated in Jesus, whose power was there to heal people, to provide for them, to protect them from danger. We see it in Jesus, who gave up his life to take sin away from us, who took up his life again to defeat death, that final enemy, so that we would be victorious and have eternal life. It's the power of God that saves us. And finally, he makes one more promise with these words. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. With that, he's simply reminding us of the preservation that God's grace brings to us. Whether in sickness and in health, in poverty or wealth, whether in sin or death, God's grace will overpower all of those things and bless us. So we're safe because of Jesus who lived for us, who died for us, who rose again for us. There is our refuge, our rest. So let's take the advice of the psalmist and let's dwell in him. Let's live in him. Let's walk with him. Let's find our refuge in him. Let's call upon him in our times of trouble. And above all, let's trust in his love and grace. That's rest for the summer. You might have a lot of projects. You might be looking forward to some things to do. You might be looking just for a little bit of a break this summer. But you know, all year long, we need rest from God. Years ago, there was a, a commercial for Rolaids, and it would go, how do you spell relief? And they'd go, R-O-L-A-I-D-S. <laughs> well, how do we spell relief? C-H-R-I-S-T. Amen. <laughs>